Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So now that I've gotten so much more comfortable with sharing myself with you guys, I'd love to let you guys in on a little secret about me. And that is that I absolutely adore a good rags to riches story. I love it. Oh my God. And I don't necessarily mean literally rags to riches as in some sort of monetary value. I mean in the sense of starting from nothing or very, very little and growing that into something monumental and meaningful. The individual we'll be talking about today has a story that really epitomizes that ideal. Although this individual grew up with less than they would become one of the most honored and admired men in the history of the United States. This person had to struggle for most of their early life, focused only on surviving the coming days, which were bleak at best. I personally love learning about this individual as I think there's a lot of little tidbits that really humanizes this figure instead of viewing them as this inaccessible idol. So today, we'll be discussing the humble, the humanitarian, the honest, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was born on February 12, 1809 in Hodgenville, Kentucky. Abraham was born to parents Thomas and Nancy, who had two other children. Unfortunately, one of Abraham's siblings would die in infancy. Abraham's father, Thomas, is described as a strong homesteader who instilled in Abraham early the importance of hard work and manual labor. Abraham's mother, Nancy, was a stay-at-home mom who took care of the house and children and was described as quite religious. We'll discuss a bit more as to how religion played a role in Abraham's viewpoints a little later on. Abraham's family lived on a farm in Kentucky when he was born, but his family would have to move to Indiana when Abraham was only seven years old due to a legal dispute with their land. In Indiana, Abraham and his family had even less than they started with in Kentucky, which was not saying much. Upon arrival in their new home, Abraham's father set up a rudimentary camp that was on public land. Essentially, as they were extremely poor, the family lived on the land illegally, keeping a low profile as they weren't really allowed to be there. They lived the life of true pioneers, eating only what they could hunt and fish, farming and working the land, a hard existence which required a lot out of young Abraham. Although farm life was all that Abraham knew, later on in life, he'd say he disliked the difficult living, in particular, the hard time spent hunting animals for food. Eventually, Abraham's parents were able to buy the land they were living on. Sadly, Abraham's mother, Nancy, would become sick and pass away in 1818 at the young age of 34, when Abraham was just nine years old. This event left Abraham inconsolable, as any young child would be after the sudden death of his mother. Just over a year later, Abraham's father would remarry a widow who also had three children of her own. Sarah, 
Abraham's stepmother was described as warm, kind, and caring to all of the children equally. In particular, Abraham formed a close relationship to his stepmother, later giving her the moniker of Angel Mother. So sweet. What isn't very well known about Abraham is that both of his parents were illiterate with very little to no education. This was the norm for rural America at the time, as children simply didn't have the time to devote to formal education as they were spending their days working on the family farms or they just completely lacked access to it. Abraham was described as an ever-curious boy who enjoyed learning and would even walk miles to borrow a book. Although his parents weren't educated, Abraham's stepmother was supportive and encouraged his scholarly pursuits. It's reported that Abraham would have an estimated total of one year of formal schooling in his lifetime which he attended intermittently in starts and stops. Around 1830, Abraham and his family would make a second move from Indiana to Illinois, in which Abraham himself helped with herding the cattle to the new location. Abraham was a young adult in his early 20s around this time and used his family's move as an opportunity to strike it out on his own. He was described as tall, strapping, and strong, making him a perfect candidate for a variety of labor positions. Abraham's early career included working as a boatman and most famously a rail splitter, two jobs that required a good amount of personal strength and vigor to complete. He'd also worked a few jobs in a small town as a shopkeeper as well as a postmaster. What's the most interesting is that Abraham's beginnings brought him in close proximity with other everyday working men and women who made up the majority of America's citizens during this time period. Witnessing that struggle and also experiencing yourself leaves an indelible impression on a person's perspectives and values. We see those early life experiences influence Abraham's career for his entire lifetime. Around 1832, the Black Hawk War began, and Abraham was selected to lead as captain of a group of local volunteers. A little bit of that militia action. Though his company was not involved in any actual battles, this was an important time for Abraham, as he was able to use his position to begin networking within the political and legislative sphere. Abraham actually joked that he'd had more battles with mosquitoes than with the actual opposition during this time period. The man had a sense of humor. You can give him that. Quite witty, too, once you read a bit more of his quotes. After his military service, Abraham had garnered a bit of a following within his town. Working with so many volunteers showcased Abraham's excellent leadership skills and ability to connect with his peers. On this momentum, Abraham was elected as a representative to the state legislature in 1834. It was around this time that Abraham began to pursue an interest in a career in law and politics. And this is also a great little tidbit that I really enjoyed learning. When Abraham decided to become a lawyer, remember, he had very little formal schooling at this point although it was reported that he'd always had a knack for mathematics. Instead of this being a hindrance, it seemed to spur him to dive right into projects that most people would have turned down 
even with the cushion of a formal education. So Abraham did what he loved and knew best. He read. Abraham would spend his days reading commentaries on the laws of England, completely teaching himself and passing the bar exam to become a practicing lawyer in Illinois, totally by self-study. Again, with a total of maybe a year of education? After passing the bar, Abraham would move to the capital of Illinois, Springfield, and would begin work for several different law firms. Eventually, Abraham settled into a position as a partner in a law firm with William Herndon. The pair were described as a dynamic duo with totally opposite personalities and practice styles. William was also 10 years younger than Abraham, described as a bit more radical and much less practical in his dealings. Still, this proved to be a lucrative partnership, and although Abraham was making a pretty penny, he'd travel many miles to other county circuit courts in order to take additional cases and earn extra cash. In terms of his track record, Abraham was a pretty damn good lawyer as well. He'd won landmark cases for the Illinois Central Railroad, as well as a murder case that involved someone Abraham knew personally. Interestingly enough, the murder case allowed Abraham to use some of the knowledge he'd acquired while working as a farmer with his family. The witness claimed to have seen the accused commit the crime by moonlight, by full moonlight, to be specific. In response, Abraham pulled out an almanac and referenced the moon phase for that night in question, which noted that there was no full moon or any moon for that matter. Thus, the witness was not telling the truth, and it would have been too difficult for him to identify the accused as he'd claimed. This was enough to sow doubt in the jury, and his client was acquitted of all charges. Abraham built an awesome reputation as a hardworking lawyer, representing businesses and banks alike, as well as a few criminal cases. While working as a lawyer for a variety of defendants, we begin to note Abraham's ability to communicate directly and genuinely with the public and how this served him well when making his cases to the judge and jury. Around 1840, Abraham would meet the woman he would marry, Mary Todd. Mary Todd was a well-to-do woman from Kentucky who was described as outspoken and raised within the bourgeois and aristocracy of Kentucky. Abraham and Mary had drastically different upbringings, which caused much confusion when the couple announced their engagement, (laughs) which I thought was very funny, like hilarious. They're like, who? Abraham and Mary? Wow, never saw that coming. Abraham despised the classism that was rampant within the communities of the elite. Due to these stark personality differences, they would eventually call off their engagement initially. Just a year later, the couple would reconnect and get married. Abraham and Mary had four children together, but unfortunately, only one of his children would survive to adulthood. They were described as involved parents, although Abraham was often on the road, traveling to various cases and political engagements. As you can expect, Abraham's thinking and perspectives were much different than most individuals he'd encountered. Growing up in mostly poverty, 
without any guidance towards culture or education or even exposure to different ways of thinking outside of self-study. But the thing was, Abraham didn't just absorb his life experiences. He also incorporated the themes and ideas he'd learned. Abraham would often quote Shakespeare and other poets, dabbled in the belief of dream interpretation, and even had a period where he read a bit of comedy. It was also reported that Abraham always loved and appreciated the theater. We can also see the influence of growing up as the everyman, having to work through the problems presented by lack of government support throughout the country and how much the people were suffering because of it. There was one trait that never changed throughout his career, which one would think would make being a lawyer quite difficult. And that is Abraham's commitment to honesty and transparency. Abraham would create quite a notoriety for himself as one of the most respected and sought-after lawyers in the state of Illinois. And that was because he was discerning, genuine, and believed in the foundations of the legal system to be in favor of the common man. Of course, his most famous nickname wouldn't be dubbed until much later, but we see those traits in Abraham very early in his life. What I did want to highlight is that much of Abraham's life was spent working with the public, from working on a rail yard, to a shopkeeper, to the postmaster, which takes you and puts you squarely in the homes and eventually hearts of your neighbors. Anyone who has worked with the public understands how that experience can humble you in a way that no other can. We see later on in Abraham's career how that really influenced his work in law, politics, and other areas of his life that would change the course of history for the country as a whole. So this is where I'm going to stop in part one with his early life and career in law. In the next episode, we'll talk about his growing role in local and state politics and his eventual rise on the national stage. Abraham Lincoln was a multifaceted individual who was known for not only his steadfast beliefs, but his ability to connect with people in a way that changed their perspective. It helped the nation cope and survive an American revolution. So you can follow Made of Metal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can also check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com. The site's up there. I'm posting all the episodes there. You can also access our membership area via the site. And that's Made of Metal. So that's M-E-T-T-L-E. You can also follow, subscribe, and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll be adding a form to the website so that you guys can send me your ideas. You can nominate somebody who you think would be great to cover. And I would love to get those ideas. I really want to incorporate and include you guys because this is a community effort. So please check the website and you can always reach out to me, my email, arithehippie at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any concerns, or you just want to say hi, do it. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I am so appreciative. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And bloom where you are planted. Bye.